Okay, so, <laughs> so the road to Hana. Hello there, everyone. The road to Hana. Honda. Honda. No, Hana. Hana. H A N A. Vince, there's no O. It's it's That's... on the island of Maui. That spells Hannah. No, you need an H for Hannah. But the road to Hana. It's on Maui. Why are you saying Hana if it don't That's... have an H? That's the way it's pronounced, Vince. That who Corman gives, back me up here. How do you spell it? Who gives a flip? I H- think it's H A N A N A. You said so it didn't have the road H. to at the end, Hana. dumbass. <laughs> it's the road to Hana. By the way, welcome to the Angus Underground. Hey, welcome to the Underground. Yeah. So, but we're gonna go through English class one hundred and one first. And how the word L-A-N-A is Lana, and it doesn't need an H. So Hana does not need an H, Vince. It's H-A-N-A. But yes, no, I was supposed to lead this. this I've been away a while. Good luck. This is like herding a bunch of cats. What's a Lana? What's a Lana? That's not a word. That's a name. Okay, Okay. wait. Time out. Producer Sean said this sucks. Okay. (laughs) Welcome to the Angus Underground. This is what happens when you let me lead. You're listening to Angus Underground, featuring insight, opinion, and answers to the questions on everyone's mind. Prepare to be educated, entertained, and empowered with insight, news, and conversation with today's newsmakers. From the well-known to the not-so-well-known, raise your flag and join the revolution as your hosts, David, Joe, and Corbin, take you underground. Here, we're going to start again. Welcome to the Angus Underground. Okay, so before we hit record. You can stop recording this part. Vince Vince <laughs> is recounting his once every 10 year getaway. Okay, Vince, lead us on this, this trek that you went on. Well, we went to VWT sale, and which was awesome. They had a fantastic sale. The cattle looked wonderful. I was so happy for them. And we left there and went to North Carolina to the Biltmore, Amy and I did. And about the time we, just before we crossed into North Carolina, it was dark and that road is horrible. Horrible, curvy. It it was really bad. So needless to say, I got car sick. Vince, being being the man of the family, how did you handle getting car sick while you were driving? That's sick like a five-year-old. I never drive anywhere. Is Amy scared of your driving? Amy complained about my driving. So after the thousandth time, one day we were going somewhere, I pulled over on the side of the road. She said, what are you doing? I said, I'm not driving. I'm not listening to this. <laughs> that was trip. it. That was and I've never driven since. Never. So, so let's tell our audience about the Biltmore because I had never heard of that. And it was freaking gorgeous. You sent some pictures on it Snapchat was or whatever. So awesome. And then when you realize that they built it in 1895, it's nuts. And what is it? What's the significance of it? Was it like a hotel? The Vanderbilt family. No, that was their family home. Holy cow. Wow. They built a special leg to the railroad off the railroad up to there just to haul all the stuff in to build it. Wow. It was crazy. It's like it reminds me of the Hearst Castle. That's what it reminds me of. I don't know. It was awesome. 
I've never been to that. So wait a minute, wait a minute. Tying this back to the Angus Underground. I mean, <laughs> I remember seeing weren't there Angus books like in the late 2000s built more Angus or or they is it have still an, an Angus they operation? Sale. They had a sale not too long ago. Okay. They okay. have Angus cattle. Yeah. It started out a dairy, I think, years ago. Okay. What kind of genetics do they use? Um, not Montana Ranch, nor nor Bruin, nor Shady Brook. Hey, guess what? Neither does Shady Brook. Hey, hey <laughs> good tie-in. <laughs> but I will say that it was so neat because when we went in there to eat, uh, all the stuff was farm-raised estate estate raised like lettuce uh the beef a lot they of had the lettuce? vegetables well i mean like a lot of the vegetables and stuff what kind of did you get a steak vince i actually got meatloaf, Ooh, meatloaf. it was lunch it was lunch. you will never you will never guess what i ate for dinner tonight. it was so good you'll never what? guess meatloaf don't let your meatloaf just got done eating about <laughs> 10 minutes ago Meatloaf, meatloaf is an underrated use of beef for meatloaf sure. Meatloaf is bomb. That's Love good. it. It was really good. I almost didn't get it because they said it was prepared with barbecue sauce, like the on oh. top. Oh, that sounds phenomenal. It was so freaking good. Sounds good. It was so good. And I let Amy have a bite because she was like, I don't know. I don't want barbecue sauce. And she was so mad. I said, How's your burger? She <laughs> said, Well, it sucks <laughs> after you gave me a bite of that thing. That was awesome. <laughs> Oh geez. So, so what else at the Biltmore? Oh, uh, they had a vineyard and they had um a lot of gardens. It was really neat though. So I text my friends from California that moved out there to like yeah. Limestone County or whatever. I said, Hey, you been? need to check this out. They they get like these season passes. To the Biltmore? Yeah, for two years they get a season pass and they go and they can you can see different stuff, I guess, and stuff. Well, like right now they got all the Christmas lights and and all that uh, trees. Is this like a town? Oh, it's like a castle, Corbin. It's the largest estate in the United States, isn't it, Vince? Yeah, they donated. Well, they didn't donate. They sold like 89,000 acres to a state forest for like five bucks an acre. The house is 175,000 square feet. Son of a... How many people lived in it? Oh, it was probably two, three, and seven thousand servants. The whole time it was talking about, yeah, how the servants um they basically did it to entertain people. And so, like yeah, if I you hope. if you and Lucy came back then, you would have a servant to help Lucy get dressed. And so like and then and then like you would sleep in one room and Lucy would sleep in another room, and it, it was a lot of rooms. <laughs> So we would have to like sneak over to see each other or what? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, good grief. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so how many rooms are in there? How many were, is you buy it just like a hotel room? I don't remember. It was like 49 bedrooms and like 60 something bathroom. I don't remember all of it. It was a lot. Tune in to the Angus Underground for all your vacation recommendations and tourist attractions on the Far East. We were going to tour the farm, but uh, we ran out of time. So here I am. I'm getting ready for a sale. Day before our sale. Oh, dear Jesus. And I mean, it's text after text, hundreds of text, pictures, very interesting stuff. Oh, well, this is a 46,000 square foot swimming pool. 
70,000 gallons. It was a big swimming pool. It was exactly a thousand <laughs> times higher in gallons than the swimming pool at my house. <laughs> and while that was very interesting, Vince, it was very distracting. I'm so, so sorry, David. <laughs> it looked like it really hurt that sale, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do y'all remember that one time David was in a really bad mood? And he told us to take him off the group text. Your phone has the capability of muting it. I came very close that day. <laughs> he gets mad because he gets he mad. I don't crabby. get involved sometimes, and I've got y'all muted because you freaking get on a roll, and I can't. I just can't. Yeah, Vince never answers the phone. Hey, by the way, by the way, this is funny. <laughs> it doesn't matter whether I call him at eight a.m. 1 p.m., 10 p.m. at night. Vince, what are you doing? I'm eating. I'm, I'm getting ready. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Every that happened to me. Yeah. There's no conversion for Pacific time. Harvest could have been either. done five days sooner, but Vince had to eat. Every time. He calls me. We're sitting down to Mexican every time. What, were, what were you eating when I called you? I don't think it was Mexican. You said, oh, we're fixing to eat here. Can I give him a call her back? I think it probably was there. <laughs> well, it's been a minute. It's been a minute since we've been together, though. Yeah. I mean, I think I, we didn't do one of these since I've been back from Hawaii even, have we? Yeah, mm, you weren't here. We didn't. You weren't here. Oh, I wasn't here. Oh, yeah, yeah, I took, a, here. took, a, we had I took a many vacations. Oh, yeah, that's right. Family estate planning and, and Saddler Ranch is good. How'd yep. that go? It was good. I admit, I have not you listened listen? to it yet, guys. No, I haven't been on the road. I've been hearing the salt mine breeding cows and putting in embryos and stuff. We listened on the way back from the Biltmore. You could oh, put your buds in and breed cows. That's what I do. Oh, I do. No, I cannot. I got, I'm multitasking. I got a lot of things to do. And David oh. had a sale. David, you want to talk about your sale for a minute? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're gonna have the we're gonna have the thankfulness episode. It's gonna be kind of cheesy. I have a little bit a miniature plan here, but we'll just start off with uh, kind of set the tone right and being thankful of the support of our producers and our customers. And David, why don't you talk about yourself for a few minutes? Yeah, so I'll, I'll leave out the thankful part for now. But no, we were super blessed. Man, what a sale! Um, so it was our uh, bull sale in. Uh, to, to give everybody a peek behind the curtains, okay? Uh, so so we've been running. Montana Ranch is, we're, we're fairly new to the business, okay? But we've been running as Montana Ranch since, I don't know, 2009. And we had our first sale in 2014, okay? So nine years ago. But this is our 14th sale because we've had several years where we've had two sales a year. But that was so fun and uh, far and away our best sale ever. It was awesome. I think Dave Mellon's called it record-breaking, which I don't know what that means. Record-breaking for us in terms of average. And I was so blessed because we we had buyers from everywhere. How many states? I, I haven't counted up the states, but uh, someone asked us today. They said, where are these bulls going? I said, all the way from Western Oregon to South Georgia and all points in between. And, and, uh, yeah, just, it, it was a ton of fun. Uh, you, you know, 
I'm going to go off on a tangent here. So, so we've had two cells in a month's time. We had a female cell. We had a bull cell. Um, and in each cell, I I never make a prepared set of remarks to open a cell. It's all just kind of bouncing around in my head, just a, a lot like this podcast. But in both cells, I I wanted to say, this is not a cattle business. This is a people business. And I I got a little closer to the mark in yesterday's bull sale where I said, you're only as good as your network. And my network. You know who you didn't mention? All of us in his network. No, we we did we did at the female sale. <laughs> I also think we're all three guilty of being the only ones in America that didn't bid on bulls or buy bulls there too. By the way, I bid, buddy. <laughs> I bid. yeah, but how do you, you bid? bid you had to be online, and you can't ever get it to work anyway. I got it to work because it was DV auction. <laughs> oh, it's DV auction. See, that's where we made a mistake. What you know before the sale, Vince was going to be on the phone with me. Okay. I did not want to be on the phone with you. And Vince got you. home and he said, you know what? I, 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 got, I don't have any cell service, but I got this great internet service. I'll, I'll be on <laughs> DV auction. By the way, DV is, they're awesome. So is Cell Ring Live. But Can we just say that if Vince would have been on the phone with David, he would have, he'd had a bull. He would have owned a bull, I promise. <laughs> I, would, I, would almost get, I would almost venture a guess that there is one consultant that if you'd have had at the bull sale, two vents would have been on the phone with the sale consultant. <laughs> but he wasn't invited there. That's okay, though. Oh, I fielded please. like 20 calls oh, for a please. week. You you know you were invited. You're busy breeding cows to... Uh, oh, I love whining about it, though. I love whining about it. Some Simmental bull, I guess. But <laughs> I haven't used Simmentals yet. It's next month. We can't. But no. I've got some semen. You know, we were blessed. Wow. What a sale. It what was awesome. awesome. It was it was fun. It was fun. And I so I, I want to re, recount this as well. I said, so, so I've been doing this since uh since the good Lord put Angus cattle on this earth. But this was the funnest sale I've ever had. And this was uh, I think so. I, I was doing the math the night before the sale. The, the night before the sale, you cannot sleep. Okay, because everything's going through your head. You're going, okay, I got to do remarks tomorrow. Uh, we got to get through the bulls, make sure everybody's still sound and and moving good. And who didn't I get called? Because the the phone rings off the wall the last couple of days, and and so you've got voicemails and you've got text messages. Who have I not responded to? So all this is bouncing through your head, and, and the only way to distract yourself is think about something totally different. And so the night before the sale, I started counting up the number of sales, number one, that I've been responsible for. Uh, that number's 37. Jeez. Older than me. Freaking old as hell, Corbin. That's more than I am old age. He is old. That's more, and you've done just, more sales than I've lived years. And then just the number of production cells that I have um, been a part of, you know, as, you know, whether we're managing the sale or working the sale in some capacity, the, our cattle are, you know, a big part of the sale. I mean, that number's about 70. You ain't 70. No, I'm not. But but a lot <laughs> of years, you know, we've had two sales a year. And, and so, ah. 
Is that counting back when you were in, like, in the back working as a youngster? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, hell, Corbin, he might he might work four, five, six, ten sales a year. Then. No, no. These these are ones that I'm directly oh directly involved in, where I've got a vested interest. Vince has that picture of you wearing like a dicky or something at Shady Brook. Oh, he had a show harness. A show. No, I never wore a dicky, but but what I'd wear. He was a dicky. And and that included <laughs> that included those Shady Brook sales. Oh, I was I was I was something else. I had a lot more hair then. <laughs> and I I'd wear those uh what in the hell are they called? Polo shirts with the collar flipped up. That was the style back in the eighties. Now you popped a collar. That's good. Oh, definitely. Did That's you use definitely. hair gel? Still do. Still I'll try. Do. I'll try to dig those books up and send pictures. <laughs> That's incredible. So, seventy sales you're part of, thirty-seven you've had. This is the funnest one. What makes a sale fun? Selling the piss out of them. Well, that dang helps. right. That you're helps. dang right. That helps, but there's more to it because I've had some sales that are that are tough to get through, and we made some money. I mean, what makes it fun? So, so I'm going to go back. You know, I've I've talked about this on the podcast back to 2016, 2017, where we took this giant leap of faith. We said, we're leaving the mainstream and we're going to go our own way. We've got our own vision. We're going to breed cattle the way we want to breed cattle, the way we like the cattle. And, and I actually shared this with a neighbor today. I said, this was especially gratifying because the mainstream, the mainstream, I mean, you see the sale reports, you see the the high flying sales where guys are trading money, trading cattle back and forth. We left that world and we we're swimming against the stream. And I'm not doing this to, to put a badge of honor on myself because all four of us on this podcast are swimming against the stream. But I'm doing it to hopefully give young new breeders. They could be old breeders, but they're looking at it and saying, you know what? The mainstream is not working for us, but I'm doing this to give them hope that if you build something different and you ha- you stand behind it with conviction and you have that direction and you focus on that direction, you tune out all the noise, you can do it. You can do it. And so I, I felt that we had finally hit that pinnacle and it is a pinnacle. We're never going to average this again, okay? You don't think so? No, no, no. Can you have this much fun, though, and not average this? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, you, I think you can, too, because I think this is, I think something you're circling around, and hopefully it's funny because I bloviate, but I could say it more concisely than you. The sale had a large percentage of Montana-owned sires. It dominated the offering. There were very, very few that you didn't own. And so it, it takes your level of buy-in and makes it higher. And when I'm out there touring people around at your female sale, what do I see in the pasture? I see Montana Jennings. I see Montana Judgments. I see Montana Jets. So when you get to next year's offering, there's an opportunity for it to be even more exciting yet yeah. and more fun yet. Because now, not only are they sires you own, they're sires you bred yourself. Yeah, and there's a yeah, deeper absolutely. level of fulfillment. There's a deeper level of enjoyment. People are coming now because of the works you've done, not because of what someone else has done, which that's that's always that one hit me when I had that first set of torques. And yeah. I had that first set and first set of uproars. First set of uproars, I'm like, man, this is my high selling group. And then my first set of torques. And then so I, I think that you're really onto something there by saying that you had a fun sale and and hopefully it 
empowers breeders to do their own thing. I I would say that that definitely would make it fun for me. And it makes it fun when they all get traded too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) David, when you switched to just doing swimming upstream, how, I mean, for me, it was so liberating. It was like a weight was off and you're all the handcuffs are off and you could just do whatever you wanted to do. Yeah, no, that's a good analogy. If if you would ask me what that analogy is, yeah, you're free from the shackles. Yeah. You're free from the shackles of the mainstream. You're free from the shackles of what your average Angus producer. And by the way, we, we call this the Angus Underground. This is not the Angus Underground. This is the purebred seed stock industry underground. Because we have we constantly have Hereford breeders, Simmental breeders, Charlet breeders, you name it. Commercial producers. They come to us and they say, your message resonates with us. But, but yeah, you're free from the shackles. You're doing something. You're blazing a trail that no one else is on. And and sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. Okay, Joe, Joe, then that was very, what you said was very concise, better than I could have ever worded it. But you're blazing your own trail, and sometimes it works. Not every time does it work. And when it and when you fail and you're on that path, it it really sucks. It is a little scary, but it's liberating all at the same time. Yeah, yeah, it is. Hey folks, Aaron Strumman here with Strumman Ranch at Solon, North Dakota. I want to invite you to join us on our annual fall production sale, the Badlands Angus Alliance Bull and Bred Female Sale. Included in this sale are 60 coming two-year-old Angus bulls, 700 commercial bred heifers, and for the first time, we are offering an excellent group of 80 registered bred heifers. Last fall, we were offered some extra grass, and needing to fill that lease, we went out and hand-selected registered heifers I thought would fit our breeding philosophy. We fully intended to add these females to our registered herd, but shortly after they were purchased, we had the opportunity to expand our ET program. So now we are offering this special group of registered females to you and giving you the opportunity to sort through them. I truly believe they are the herd-building kind, They came from two long-standing Reputation Angus programs, Copal Angus in South Dakota and Op Angus in North Dakota. These two Angus programs are multi-generation operations that highly value the Angus female. Some of the genetics include Tahoe, Sitz Broker, Pathfinder, Executive Law, Barricade, Copal McCoy, Copal Knockout, and numerous others. I think there is extreme income potential in the beef business right now, and there's no better time to invest in high-quality Angus genetics. We believe these heifers are uniquely made to be very profitable. They have been selected for balanced traits, realistic performance, and exceptional maternal quality. They are backed by generations of cattle selected for their hardiness and ability to get it done in the northern plains. They are AI-bred to leading Cabernet sires, SAV Easy Street, and LT Firesteel. We'll be selling them as individual lots through our 2023 Badlands Angus Alliance Bull and Bred Female Sale December 6th in Dickinson, North Dakota. The sale will be broadcast on DV Auction. You can check out our website at strummanranch.com to request a catalog, or you can call me at 701-290-7983. I'd enjoy the visit. Listen, we, we were blessed. We had a great day, and we're going to touch on this. Joe's going to lead us into uh, our main segment in a little bit, but we're going to touch on um, it's the Thanksgiving season. We're going to talk about what we're thankful for. But in the uh, the meantime, 
Corbin. By the way, if you're on this podcast, you get put on the spot and you don't expect it. I've been busy too. <laughs> yeah, before we went on the air. So I've tuned you guys out. I'm sorry. I haven't been listening. I haven't been reading the text, but what's this I hear about you falling through a roof? So I will, uh, if, you, if I sound a little bit more clear and I've got a little bit better frequency today, it's because I am a proud user of Starlink internet. It's, it's five times faster than the internet that I had. I mean, it's stupid. So Lucy's on her phone in there watching TV and I'm recording this and the TV's on in the bedroom and I have Wi-Fi on my phone right now before we could do one. We couldn't do all of it now. So we've got great internet. So I say that to say this. While we were installing the internet, I had to get in the attic and I had to climb over these rafters and there's air ducts and stuff everywhere. <laughs> did you pull a what, Chevy Chase? I did pull Christmas a Christmas vacation? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you watch old movies while you were up there too? I had my stupid slides on, so I fell through. And Lucy's like, Corbett, what are you doing? And I just kicked my shoes off and let them fall. <laughs> so right above the kitchen, right above the kitchen table. So you were hung up in the ceiling. Yeah. So I, so I'm thankful for uh, uh, drywall repairmen. <laughs> that's what I'm thankful for. Oh, that's good stuff. And and Joe, you've been busy. Yeah, breeding cows. Yeah, and you were absent from the last podcast. By the way, mm-hmm. Brent Sadler, great, great job. Great job. Yeah, no. I saw him this weekend. Looking forward to listening because I, I thought some people, uh, people who had listened told me that it sounded really, really nice to have a completely different perspective. Got to hear about Brent's program, but then there's some other stuff that, you know, hopefully this podcast inspires us to think a little wider than just the Angus cow. It's what yeah. unites us. But if we can bring these other topics to people, I have not listened because do you guys go in phases with podcasts? Not that not phases of interest, but like you're doing something. You're in the season of production where you listen to them all the time and then you don't listen to them at all. Because that's what happens to me. I'm I, I'm on a podcast every single day at certain seasons of the year and then others I can't get them listened to. Um, I don't know. I don't wear ear pods. I, I wore them on the plane to Hawaii and that was about it. But uh, my my kids wear them. I don't wear them. And so when I'm delivering bulls, that's when I get my podcasting in or when I'm visiting cattle up north or something like that. So see, I never listen when I'm driving. Really? Yeah. I listen to music or uh, you know, sports radio. Call people and bitch about your phone not picking up your truck. <laughs> yeah. I talk to Vince and Corbin a lot when I'm driving, but <laughs> no, I put the Raycons in. I love the Raycons because they're cordless. They're they're not a sponsor. Oh, we need to change that. They should, should I bet when they that. hear, I bet when they hear this, they're like, you know what, we got to get on there because there's, right. uh, there's five of us. We need now, five the, pairs. The problem with wireless is, if you lose one, you're screwed. Yeah. The other problem is, is you have those waves going through your brain and <laughs> we don't all know exactly what that'll do yet. Well, I'm old enough. It's not going to affect me too I'm much. I'm already but... crazy, so it can't get, I mean. So, Joe, you took a little trip. Went to Hawaii. Have you ever, have you guys, ever, well, you guys know him, so it's a cheat code. But if, for our listeners, if you ever listen to, or you see posts from a guy named Kyle Kyrus. C-A-I-R-E-S. Super insightful. Kyle and I have been friends for years. He uh, 
you did some undergrad work at, I believe it was Oregon State, and that's how I got to meet him. And then he went down to Barry College and was doing some studies and things like that. He's done a lot of consulting work. Guy knows a lot about a lot about Angus history. Really, really intriguing. And I've enjoyed going to Maui a couple times now and spending the day with him looking at cattle. Got to see all those different, I can't remember how many microclimates he told me they had. It's like 13 microclimates that they have the yeah. same set of cattle run on. It's unbelievable. We we started, I don't know, is the road to Hana going to make this episode or is it going to get cut? <laughs> oh, it, dear Jesus. It's definitely in this episode. It's definitely in there. So the road to Hana, if you've never been to Hawaii, you probably need to do it once and, no. and that'll probably be enough. No. You got to do it once. What else you do? So I was going to tell a story. Vince was talking about getting car sick driving to North Carolina on the oh you'll get sick on the road interstate. Hana. But <laughs> the road to Hana, that is the windiest road ever. So Sean oh. and I were blessed. We got to go to Hawaii, and uh, we we had some friends that uh, we hung out with while we were there, and they had been many times. And Shauna says, "Oh, tomorrow we're going to the road to Hana, or going to Hana on the road." And, would you like to go with us? And they're like, hell no. The seven sacred pools. You got to see the seven sacred pools or whatever, right? They're like, hell no. And, <laughs> and so we were curious. Why would they not want to go? That sounds like a fun day. Oh, yeah. It's the thing to do in Hawaii. Oh, my gosh. It's not that far, but it takes forever because literally, if you're driving, the steering wheel is constantly turning. That doesn't sound fun at all. No. no. You cannot. I'm used to windy roads. The foothills of California are windy roads. When Strummins came out here, Aaron said, my God, I'm never going to text you in the middle of the day again because you might be texting on these roads. I mean, it's windy. I went to Hana, and the locals are like past you. They'll, pa they'll go yeah. 45 on those roads, and I'm going like seven max, not nine, not 12, seven miles per hour on the road to Hana. And, and so at every... By the way, at every little turn, there's a waterfall. Oh, oh. Ah, look at no, that. No, but wait. Oh, no, but wait. <laughs> okay, this is kind of an inside joke, but at every waterfall, there's someone wearing one of those cell ring live flowery hats. <laughs> wink, wink. Yeah, but those hats are good. <laughs> those are good hats. I mean, I'm not going to crap on those hats. I'm, I, I still don't have. I still don't, I don't have, have one either. I got. You got to send a self-addressed box. To Mullins, and I don't even know where he's living nowadays. He's never no. home. Down no, on he's down. on the road. He's on the road he's selling pigs. Yeah, he's selling pigs. But anyways, road to Hana. Yeah. Um, it does not make the TripAdvisor top ten from the Angus Underground. I would say. So I was with Kyle though, and we went to this. Uh, we went to this. He has this bull that was hanging out at this. Uh, it was like a tequila factory or vodka factory or something like that. So that was cool. We ate there and. Went over, David put me on mission to try to get a picture of the banyan tree because all that stuff burned and they've got it locked up tight. Like Kyle is a legit local. He'll just, he'll just pull over on the side of the road and go, hey, we got cows right here. And people are stacking up. Kyle doesn't care. He don't care. And then the cops come up and he's like, oh, hey, Kyle, what's going on? But they they kicked us out of there when we were pulled wow. off to the side. They didn't want anybody around. They've got like, do you guys know those hog panels we used to call them? They're like galvanized panels. They're like 48 inches high or whatever. And then they had they had like landscape black mesh construction kind of paper type stuff on it. And mm -hmm. they had those up too high. So it must have been at least eight feet high trying to block people because they were stealing all that stuff down in there. Wow. What about the 27-year-old cow? 
Oh, did I show her to you? Did I send that yeah, to you? Yeah, you sent me a picture. Yeah, 27-year-old cow. Horns. I bet she weighed. She probably weighed 1,300 pounds fat. Uh, red. Actually, I don't think she was Brayford. I think she was straight up Brangus. Red Brangus. Mm, really? But, yeah, 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 yeah. And, Does she still uh, have calves? Does she still? No, he retired her last year, but I saw lots of her daughters, like 16-year-old daughters running around, 17. Oh, obviously, one 16-year-old, one 17-year-old. I mean, just nuts. Yeah, yeah. What and was then her I functional saw... longevity, if you dig? It's, it's terrible. Let's it's not get, we aren't going to talk <laughs> functional longevity. It's a positive episode. <laughs> I already told you guys, it's a positive episode. He was white. He was white. <laughs> You guys are waiting in the weeds. I've stayed <laughs> silent on it because Bruin Ranch is an early breed leader. And so I've stayed silent on that EPD. I sent a text this morning. Hey, we're going to record tonight. But I need you guys to uh, f- shape the topic. And Joe Joe responds, we're going to be positive. Okay. It's impossible for me. I know. That's <laughs> why like, I led with that. David's like, no. It's like, we'll, we'll use you for the banter, but then after that, I, I get somebody pulling up in my driveway. All right, keep going. That's keep going. positively No, fantastic. so I was at Kyle's, saw the 27-year-old cow, saw a little feedlot that they have there, Um, you know, was able to see a real big divide. I got all philosophical with you guys, and you're like, telling me, hey, to look at the waves and not look at the cat, or not think all philosophically, but it's interesting to see how production agriculture, we need to do an episode, I was telling the guys, not David, not named David, the other two, um, what it's like ranching in this modern world. It's different now. It's way different. And it's got so many challenges um, just being an industry. You're not going to be in on that one, Corbin? Uh, no, I was just saying hi to your son back there. Oh, yeah. He's he's <laughs> he's lurking because he does a podcast. Um, oh, he does? Yeah. yeah. Do? Give him a free plug for hell. For the high school. For the high school. They do. Oh. He does the sports segment for the high school. Oh, oh very cool. cool. Nice. Yeah, no, I don't want a whole bunch of subscribers to show because that's kind of weird. Man, that is weird. Creepy. That is weird. It's kind of <laughs> creepy. It's kind of cringe. The kids say cringe. I don't want him to get uh, more downloads than us. So no, no free plug. <laughs> you got to earn it, kid. Apparently, it'd be hard to do because there's so many beef cattle podcasts that are leading the ratings. I see every time on Facebook. But do they have free mugs? <laughs> Positive comments only, David. That's what I'm, we're doing today. I'm no, positive. I, I want to talk I'm about positive. that while we're we're still in the banter segment. Are we going? Are we going to share with the listeners um, about January? Or are we going to hold off on that? I'm Go positive ahead. that I don't have a free mug. <laughs> yeah, we're going to hold off on that. Okay, okay. We have special news forthcoming. Special news forthcoming, but not for this episode. Don't you hate when people do that? They said special release. Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned. Special release. Big news. And you're like tuned for three years, and there's never big news. <laughs> They're waiting. Then, we're gonna we'll share it on the next episode. Y'all are gonna be y'all are gonna be so disappointed when you hear the big news <laughs> is not coming. It'll be the first <laughs> so disappointed. The first week of Advent is when we'll be taping next. Oh. So yeah, no, it's big big news for us. No, Hawaii was a good trip, and I was able to fold in cattle. I, I, you know, I would encourage our listeners to think about what makes a good vacation. Why is it in agriculture we feel guilty or we feel not worthy of profit or leisure time? Isn't that bizarre? So, <laughs> so Joe, I'm just disappointed you went to Hawaii and you spent time looking at cattle. You would have done the exact same thing. I no, guarantee no. it. I go to Hawaii. I sit on the beach, and I look at the pretty girls that walk by. You're kidding me, right? No, 
I'm good for about 12 hours of that crap, David. John, earmuffs. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, she's one of them. That's yeah. what I'm saying. There we go. John, why don't you get up and walk by real, real quick? <laughs> <laughs> so my routine, I established a routine. I would get up at like 3.30 or 4. And oh, then I would sit good. there until there the local Starbucks opened at 4.30. And I did that with design. I wanted to get up that early so that I didn't have to readjust when I came home. And uh, then I would go out and the kids would play on the beach until like 11. And then I would go like check out the real parts of Hawaii, not the tourist parts. What about Joe almost got hit by a car the other day while I was on the phone with him while he was running across the road to get his Tommy coffee. True story. Like, it was a true what, story. What are you doing? Are you running? Like, I was. It was a wellness yeah. check. That's when you. That's when you told me to. Ho- you'd holler back at me because you're going to get Mexican food. <laughs> he was all winded, like he was dodging cars. Or was I was dodging cars. What's What's worse? Or do we have? I'm sure we have some Black Rifle Coffee drinkers amongst oh our gosh. listeners. What's worse, Black <laughs> Rifle Coffee or Starbucks? There's no middle ground. It's Starbucks. Dunkin' Donuts is the middle ground, but you can't find them around here. Oh, we got them in Lawrenceburg. We, not we don't have, but that's a little. That's a little bit of a hike for Joe, Vince. That's a hike, man. Yeah. <laughs> can't help it. Corbin brings up a good point, and I'm I'm going to just totally flush our ratings now. But we we had a little text conversation about this. So we we've, we've all heard the term virtue signaling, right? What virtue signaling? <laughs> I guess I missed it. Yeah, yeah, Vince has it. Vince lives in a cave. But quite often, the right uses that to describe something that the left does. Oh, I'm, I'm going to really get us in trouble now. But <laughs> it's striking to me. Folks will volunteer. I'm not even a coffee drinker, but they volunteer to me. Oh, I only drink Black Rifle coffee which is a company that's owned by folks that are on the conservative side of the spectrum, which is cool. Okay. But that's virtue signaling, right? Have you, have you ever had a cup of that coffee? No. no. Corbin? I bet it puts hair on your chest. I bet it tastes like freedom. <laughs> freedom. I'm a, I'm a Maxwell house guy. Maxwell house? To you, Uber. <laughs> God. I think I had some of that the other day Joe, at a, a farm meeting. You know when they bring out like what? they bring it out at seven o'clock after everybody eats at the potluck. It's not expensive, dude. <laughs> I, I bet it's not. I'll bet it's, it's not. Good, it's just good old fashioned coffee. I don't old have fashioned. to have Starbucks. I don't have to pay eight bucks for a freaking. So, listen, I don't either. I do not pay eight dollars. I pay two ninety five twice a day. And I will tell you, if you ever had that coffee, you would realize there's a difference in coffee. You sound like my daughter. Oh, by the way, it is my daughter's birthday today. Happy she birthday, Sophia. <laughs> that was a good way to bring it. Did she have she some alcohol? 21. She did. We went to the Outback and she got her a Wallaby Darn. <laughs> <laughs> what in the world is that? It's <laughs> like a peach strawberry daiquiri. Oh, like strawberry daiquiri oh, peach. Well, so that's the first one she's ever had, right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> it might be the first Wallaby Darn she's ever had. I wouldn't say it was the first. Probably the first time she's ordered one out back. Yeah, that's right. Good stuff. So I, I want to shift gears here a little bit. Okay, so I went on a long road trip delivering some cattle down to Utah recently, <laughs> and and this is 
the one thing I came away with. I said, what, what is the one question I want to ask Joe, Corbin, and Vince? So if you guys will indulge me, I'm going to ask this question. I'm a little nervous. This is like the potpourri episode. You remember in it Jeopardy, is. there's the potpourri section? That's what this <laughs> is. So go, let's get it out of the way. Potpourri for a thousand. If you could choose one person to have dinner with, and it, don't say your wife, okay? Jesus. <laughs> if you could choose one person, living or dead, to have dinner with, who would it be? And and while you guys are contemplating that, this is so I was listening to a podcast, and this is what inspired my answer. Elon Musk. <laughs> He's so pasty. Have you noticed that? He's so pasty, but... I, I tell you what, that guy, that guy, so he's just like he's just like we are. He doesn't care what the mainstream's doing. He he's he's looking at things from a different perspective. You you cannot you cannot question this guy's ability to make anything successful. Now Twitter, Twitter might be the one one thing that uh, eventually breaks. The trend, but when you look, Corbin and Joe, you're both on Starlink. Oh, it's incredible, isn't it? None of us drive a Tesla. I wouldn't be opposed to owning one, but but that's revolutionary what this guy's doing, and he's a very interesting fellow, very versed on a wide variety of topics. By the way, if if you get a chance, I'm going to recommend another podcast, Joe Rogan, which. I know he's struggling for listeners. He's not quite up to the Angus Underground level, but <laughs> I think the contract he signed was a little higher than the one I signed with Montana Ranch, though. Probably. Yes, slightly, slightly. But this <laughs> most recent interview, uh, Joe Rogan with uh, Elon Musk, it's a must listen. Okay, hmm. can I cop out like like no. I always do and give a political no. answer because I haven't had the time to think about it like you have. Yeah, well. Yeah, that's not quite fair. I would either say Pope John Paul. Okay. Because I would want to know. I, I would love to know. You know, some people credit him with helping the president of the United States like prevail during the World War because of some of his efforts. And so I don't know if that was true or not or whatever. And just an incredible man of faith. I'd put him up there. And then I don't know who I'd choose, but wouldn't it be the sweetest thing to be a fly on the wall of the guys who are locked in the room forming the Declaration of Independence in our That'd Constitution? Cool. Like, cool. how did they get so much stuff right? I don't know. I mean, it ain't that perfect, but to think that those guys were that brilliant, I mean, any one of them, I would, I would love to just eat with and just visit and hang out with at, in those times. That's nearly uh, good point, Joe. That's nearly 200 and what, 50 years ago? Yeah. Yeah, almost. Yeah. 247. Can you imagine? They had this intuition or ability to kind of look into the future and protect us from ourselves. And people will say it's not it's not perfect, but it's lasted longer than all the others. Amen. But don't you think that a lot of it was just common decency and common sense? And now we're we're trying to make everything out to be woe is me. 
and what about my feelings and all this kind of crap? So this yeah. is the piece where you could get me on a real roll, and this isn't the this isn't the Catholic underground. But I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you, those were all men of faith too, and that was something different. And they started there. That's where they right. started, and they grew everything out. And I mean, when that is your center it makes it easier to care about your neighbor and everyone else and make sure everyone else is is taken care of at least that's my thought so it, that's a good point but I, i'm going to correct you a little bit i don't think they were all men of faith they might have been deists what, but they what, were yeah. men of faith thomas jefferson was a deist right yeah what's yeah. a deist yeah what's a deist i think deists just believe that god exists but they don't practice i think ah. is that right david I think that's yeah, it's close enough. This is the religious underground. Vince, what who's your person, Vince? I've had enough of this. Who's my person? <laughs> yeah, who's your person you want to eat dinner with? I do like what Joe said about the the being a fly on the wall. But honestly, I'm gonna mine's kind of a cop out, but I think I would like to go back at this age, being the person that I am now and go back and have a conversation with my dad when he was younger that's pretty cool yeah that's very cool. cool yeah what's the first question you'd ask him i don't know i really don't know but i mean I, how awesome would that be to be able to go back and have a conversation i think i would probably ask him more about him coming over here yeah you know because there's a lot of that i don't know and i think i would Honestly, probably depending on what era I went back to, maybe ask him a lot about this, you know, the Angus stuff. Yeah. But a lot of it would have nothing to do with the Angus stuff, I think. Yeah. I, I don't want to answer for Tony, but I yeah. think I know what the answer is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to repeat it on this podcast, well, but I think I know what the answer is. It don't need to be repeated on here, no. No, I do no. have a I do have a video of it on my phone though. Yes, you do. I've seen it. I love it. <laughs> Corbin, you got yours yet? Yeah, I do. Um, so I actually contemplated going two ways with this. One was Margot Robbie, but the other is uh so like I have like a fascination with the Wild West sort of days. Yeah. <laughs> Billy the kid. I think that'd be really cool. Billy like, the kid. Yeah. I mean, that would be kind of cool. You would have to be like hurt because he only lived to be like twenty, didn't he? Actually, he he lived to be like a hundred. He Wyatt Earp would scare the shit out of me. I don't think I could do Wyatt <laughs> Earp. He scares me. See, I almost said Charlie Russell, but I don't think you could have a coherent conversation with him. Could you? No. With who? Yeah. Charlie Russell. I don't know Charlie Russell. Oh, oh, we just lost half our listeners. The whole Sorry, Northwest <laughs> just tuned out. Good job, Vince. I'm not from the Northwest. Probably the greatest Western artist ever. I don't think it's probably. He is. Yeah. I think he was a lot better artist than Cowboy, too, the more I read about stuff. Because if I ever got a, a letter from my boss that said, how are the cattle doing? And then you draft a postcard of a thin one with wolves chasing it. And you say, this is the last of the 5,000 or 10,000, whatever. <laughs> right. I don't think I'd find that very amusing. No, not at all. Not at all. So so what was your answer again, uh, Corbin? Charlie Russell. Billy the Kid. Billy the Kid, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I like how Billy the Kid doesn't scare you, but White Earp does. <laughs> he's, a, he's a kid. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah he's a very yeah, dangerous kid. kid. He's a oh uh, he's a pistol wielding kid. Fun fact: supposedly, quote unquote, Frank. What was it? Wouldn't why? Uh, well, never mind. I screwed it all up. Frank James. <laughs> Frank, Frank James. James. Frank James is buried around here somewhere. I think Wyatt Earp is buried like right down the street here. Wow. In Coloma, California, I believe. Frank James is supposedly buried somewhere around here. I've been to I've been to Billy the Kid's burial deal in New Mexico. Yeah. Oh wow. Very cool. Yeah. You have an obsession with Billy the Kid. Um, my dad took me when I was yeah, it's he's cool as hell. Have you ever seen young guy? So so you would be <laughs> I don't think it's like that, Corbin. <laughs> you would be like on Cloud Nine if they made a new Western about Billy the Kid and Margot Robbie was in it as his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. I don't I, I bet you um I bet you the women back then didn't look like they do now. Oh, sure they do. But did they didn't like take drinking they up whiskey, like, they look just like it. They didn't like brush their teeth and like all the they didn't know they didn't know they could look like today's women. But so have you ever like watched westerns though? Like the what do they call the the, the, the madam the madam the mar, the bordellos? They're always like chubby women in there. Have you never seen um, Tombstone? There yes, was beautiful Tombstone. women in Tombstone. Oh yeah, that's realistic. <laughs> we we've actually been to Tombstone, Arizona. It's that's cool. It's so a fun place. We're gonna test the loyalty of our listeners, I think. Yes. We're gonna test the we loyalty should probably of probably shift gears. Now for a word from one of our sponsors. True Time Logistics is a livestock transportation company with a focus on the seed and show stock industry. True Time takes a new approach to the livestock transportation industry as they are built off of a dedicated freight model, which means that they customize their loads to maximize efficiency and decrease the amount of time your livestock spends in transit. Their focus is animal health and well-being. All of the drivers have extensive knowledge and background in livestock and are properly trained to handle high-dollar animals during transit, loading, and unloading. TrueTime offers a guaranteed 48-hour delivery time once your cows have been loaded. Coast-to-coast deliveries may impact delivery times. They carry $1 million in commercial cargo insurance, which ensures your livestock will be protected at all times during transit. True Time is comprised of a fleet of hotshot gooseneck trailers, giving them great flexibility on their routes and where they are able to deliver. They deliver from the place of origin directly to your farm. True Time loves the opportunities to get connected with farmers and ranchers across the United States and would love the opportunity to be your preferred hauler. Check them out on their Facebook page, True Time Logistics, or contact Evan Bixby directly at 319-559-0167. Now back to the show. Yeah, we're going to turn it over to Joe. So this, this, but I got needed a disclaimer, a stutter <laughs> and a disclaimer. The stutter and the disclaimer is, is this is on a four-wheeler just driving around. And I was like, what can we pull out and just talk about in 10 minutes and it's kind of off the slap shot thing. Remember when we were talking about listener questions and we brought up the slap shot and David's like, oh, you don't know what a slap shot is? And Vince is like, well, I don't know what a slap shot is. I had, I had listeners calling going, man, that's the coolest thing ever. It and is. so I, I just thought it's overplayed a little bit to 
be thankful for our customers, our families, our friends. It's not overplayed. We all understand that and we all believe that. But I thought it might be kind of fun for people to get exposed to some of the products and some of the things that we are thankful for on our own operation. And then at very last one, the the little bit of a teaser is the last question I'll ask you guys is the cow, two to three cows you could choose or two to three bulls that you're really, really thankful for in your career. And so you can think about that one, but the other ones I want to do a little bit more rapid fire. Vince. Oh no, dear God. What's the tool you're thankful for that it could be helpful in an Angus operation? John Deere tractor. As a harvester for corn? <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, I mean, when you say tool, I think of hand tool. Whatever. I don't care. Um, machine, probably a skid steer. Um, yeah. The As far as a tool, like Milwaukee in general. Attaboy. Attaboy. <laughs> Just every, everything Milwaukee. I mean, holy crap. And you know what else I was thinking? Like impacts, you don't have to have a freaking air hose anymore to have it to do something with an impact. Pretty cool, incredible. Like we're we're taking gates up and down and using an impact, no problem. You know, instead of a wrench or whatever. Do you pack one in your pickup to change tires? I've got a whole freaking sack of crap in my pickup that's Milwaukee. <laughs> Drill. How about you, Corbin? You got a tool? Oh, we gotta keep moving, man. Sorry. Uh oh. my dogs probably. Mm. Being able to, it is the most, whenever people come and they're here when we move cows or we work cows or whatever, they're just like, oh my gosh, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. You said one word to that dog and he took off 300 yards to your left. And then you told him to stop and he stopped. And then you told him to come back and he came back and then you sent him to your right. It's just, it's incredible to watch those dogs work. I wish I had a dog like that. Yeah. Those are, yeah. Hawk. Hawk is my favorite tool. David. Cool. You got, uh, you know, so, uh, yeah, I think the most <laughs> useful one, Vince brought it up, skid steer. I mean, we literally use our skid steer, skid loader every single day for everything. But, but realistically, what has revolutionized what I do? PC, the computer. Hmm. And so you're talking to somebody who was, you know, doing this cow thing before the computer was readily accessible. So you're like, you're like mailing in registration papers. Yeah. Yeah. Handwriting everything. Yeah. I still do that. You carried a little book in your back pocket. That was the Bible that had every calf born, every breeding, yep. everything. You just hope you didn't get out, caught in a rainstorm. And I've seen some of them get lost. Yeah. Yeah. That's bad. Yeah. So the PC, you know, we've hmm. got the ability I've got the ability. I can look up Red's numbers, any any animal in the breed. I mean, that is so cool. That is really awesome, right there. So I yeah. I hate I hate technology, but at the same time, I'm glad we have it and aren't writing it all out on paper. Or this this actually came to me during this sale, Joe. As much as I hate the cell phone, the cell phone has revolutionized the way we conduct business. Absolutely. Because I, I think back to the day, seriously, in the, the late 80s, the 90s, we're getting ready for a sale the days, months leading up. If somebody called or we needed to call somebody, we did it at night. Or you had to stop what you're doing, drive all the way to the barn, 
But they're the shit. They weren't. They weren't going. And to then they wouldn't problem. be there to answer. Yeah. 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 Can you I imagine? I, I remember being being a kid. My dad at night, after he's worked a long day, comes in and he's on the phone for hours talking yeah. to other breeders. Can you imagine? I'll tell you what I use mine for all the time. Uh, I retain a third interest in all of my bulls. And if bulls get out anywhere in the country and I have a freeze brand number, I can bloop, bloop, bloop on my phone and immediately know who it is and tell a brand inspector or a neighboring guy. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. What is yours, Joe? I didn't have one because I was going to ask you guys. (laughs) You know what? I bet all y'all were thinking one tool that I was thankful for was the quarter CC Oh uh, yeah, no, I was not gonna bring that up. No, I've got <laughs> it broke down. See, you guys, you guys went and I was gonna ask equipment. What's your favorite piece of equipment? You already answered that. What about like um horse, quad, side by side? What's your what's your tool of choice there that has changed or that you're really, really thankful for? For me, quad. Quad? Has to be for me. I'm I'm not a horse guy. I would love to be a horse. I've seen people do fantastic stuff on horses, but can you imagine the horse that would carry vents? I actually had a horse. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, he would not be quick. 22 hands. He's got to be 22. I can answer that one. That for me, you guys know I love being horseback. What has changed our deal, though, is the side-by-sides. I mean, the side-by-sides, I could pack all this stuff with me. It could travel just as fast. It's more comfortable. Believe it or not, guys, I have four quads that I've that I've wore out in my career at Bruin Ranch. All have 20-plus thousand miles on them and i've had this deal like two years ago where i'm going to the chiropractor because i have a rib that's constantly out and they said it's from pushing on my shoulders all the time so since i've been using those side-by-sides i use a four-wheeler very 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 sparingly i i use i use a side-by-side for almost everything now but it depends on what you're doing you can't gather cattle on a side-by-side oh yeah i i get it done dude i can't i can't use a little flight (laughs) no you gotta go with. You gotta have the can am. The can am. Both. I do want a can am. That's a nice rig. Yeah. I I love mine. I like my Honda. Not to be confused with Hana. Hana. What, what's yours, Corbin? Yours, your four wheeler. I use. I have to use both for different things. It's it's very cool that I can go feed the bulls with my side by side. I just bucket feed everything so these bulls won't be. They'll be gentle, and then. You know, gathering cattle, we use a four wheeler, and and I would have to probably say four wheeler because that's what Myla likes to go on, and so <laughs> she has her own. If you she got those dogs, why do you need to be on a four wheeler? Pack them in the dead gum side by side. When you get there, go hey hey, go get them. <laughs> okay. So I in the summertime, if we're just bumping, moving pastures, or you know that, then yeah, I do that. But but if I'm pinning cattle, I really need to have the four wheeler too. Just. Cause I don't know, you know, a lot of times I'm pinning them without any help. And even if I do have help, it's, it's a hell of a lot easier to do it with a four wheeler. Sorting cattle off horseback is the most amazing, it's so cool. awesome thing. So much watch. better. It's so oh, much better. And if we have to sort in decent country, if we don't use a horse, we'll use the four wheelers just because we can slink through them better. The side by side, they kind of want to bunch up, but we can move on past that. What about pickups? You guys, are you guys diehard of a certain brand of pickup? And this no. came up because I am shopping for a pickup right now as we speak. Cheap. Something cheap. cheap. <laughs> David, David, you're he GM used. guy? Yeah, GM guy. No Chevys. I'm all about comfort. Yeah, I'm driving the GMC right now. I've always been a Chevy guy. I switched to Ford with this one that I've got because back then, 
Chevy had just come out with more legroom, but Ford dominated legroom. And mm-hmm. what for a guy that's six two and a wife that's six foot and kids that are six five, you gotta have some legroom. <laughs> six five and he's still Nate's a baby. Six five and he's still, he's a, baby, still a baby. Yeah. Corbin doesn't need the legroom, but which kind of pickup you use, Corbin? Oh, I love you. Love you for that. He's got a canyon. <laughs> I've got a canyon. I've got a canyon because it was thirty-four thousand. What else? You got what a canyon you got? because you didn't need any legroom. What other questions do you have for me? I'm done with this one. I'm done with this one. Oh, got cattle technology. What about handling equipment? What is some handling equipment you're thankful for? David's got that the cool stuff. <laughs> shipping, <laughs> shipping and handling. What are you talking about? <laughs> shipping and handling. <laughs> Postage. By UPS or FedEx. I mean, which one? <laughs> <laughs> Any cattle handling equipment that you think, man, I could not live without that. That is super. I'm thankful for that. The repeater syringes. No, like restraining <laughs> devices, Corbin, like a double lead up or like David silencer shoot or, or a like... silencer would be awesome. But for us, us peasants, uh, foremost for me, hydraulic shoot is pretty cool. Yeah. You have a hydraulic yes. Corbin. What? You have a hydraulic. Yeah. Starlink's working great. Oh, cool. Yeah. Starlink's working great. <laughs> yeah. I was like, it was like, <laughs> so yeah, I'm old school. I mean, I grew up with the manual head catches and everything. And the, I remember the first time I ran a uh, hydraulic squeeze chute. I'm like, ah, this is this is for lazy people. But if you run that all day, oh, man. Oh, I bet oh, it's man. nice. I would love to have one. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. You, and you've got to do the, uh, what the hell is that thing called? The turret, the turret gate in the tub. Oh yeah, that's manufactured that? by Molly. Goes around and comes back, and goes around and comes back. Yeah, yeah, you got to have that. I don't know what word he just said again. Turret. You could look it up. It's right. You don't know what the hell a turret is. Uh uh-uh. uh No, so, I do not. I'm assuming I, I just don't have one. A. <laughs> I'm trying to get us a sponsor, Corman. I just I just got a double stall portable breeding box, and mm. that thing is so doggone handy. I'm excited. I mean, we're we're partners with a guy on it, and we're going to start helping some customers breed cattle and stuff, and it's super handy. I don't know how I did all this stuff before. The breeding box is sweet. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll tell you what. Yeah. You better make sure that you got that bottom full because these big, big-bodied cows now, they don't like fitting in there too good. I know from experience. So what, What? Uh, if I may ask, what brand did you get? Larges yeah. from Ryan Large. Yeah, they're yeah. awesome. Oh, they're they don't like going down the highway though. I'll tell you that. They do not like going down the highway. They they get the whippy whip and and I'm mean, they'll walk. beat you up. They'll they beat you walk? up. Yeah. So we gotta put some weight on it or something. But no, it's it's so handy, especially for helping people, teaching people, whatever. The Cadillac better in it. Oh yeah. And you know, that it, it's crazy because you would think you would get killed in something that the cattle's not really restrained, but it's awesome. Do you have a breeding box you use, Vince? No, but uh, Gen X came one time and did a, a demonstration or something a long time ago. And that was the first time I ever saw one. I thought, you guys are freaking nuts. <laughs> and then I watched how my cattle re- responded to it. And I was like, this is freaking awesome. It's it's like you sedate them once they get in there. Yeah. 
It really is. It's crazy. So I've also like the the comfort I have with it is my dad's embryo deal. Dad isn't covered. It's not covered, and we're putting in embryos in November. I mean, it could be raining a lot of times, and I can go put those in. I think that'd be a game changer putting in embryos. Actually, if you yeah. blocked those cows behind before they went in, and then you tagged them all, and you know, if you didn't have to end up putting an embryo, you cut their tag out later or whatever. But I think it would be super, super handy putting in embryos, keeping the cattle comfortable. Okay, you know what? I got to tell you that would that would make me absolutely nuts if I tagged one and it didn't have an embryo and it's in it. I yeah, couldn't. I couldn't do it, Joe. I can't believe you could do that, Joe. Well, I just cut it out the next day, guys. Oh, you run them through again. No. Let's just run them through. Let's just run them through again. We put in embryos yesterday. I sorted out all the passed out yesterdays and or from yesterday. I sorted those out this morning. Moving to another field. So okay, we got to we got to keep moving though. We got to keep moving. God, what about uh, what about winter apparel? You're thankful for. Winter gear, rain gear, rain gear. All heart in general, buddy. <laughs> the storm defender, rain gear. Are you, are you a red-blooded American? Then you better love car <laughs> What are you guys using for boots now? Because my muck boots fall apart like crazy. Ah, uh, they are terrible, aren't they? They're my terrible. feet hurt. Right yes. Now. Is that what they you're still hurt. using, though, David? What do you use? Yeah. So, so I yeah muck and and I switched to noble. And I'd love to give them a, a great recommendation, but they don't last. Now, wait, we've got some new ones around here, and I want to think maybe Muck Bottom, but there's something else. Not the bog. The bogs are suck. I know what you're talking about. They're they it's probably suck. the ones I got, and it's just they like suck? Muck, but it hurts. My Do they suck, hurt. David? Yeah, I, I think I know who you're talking about. I use dry shots for a while. Too. Yeah, dry shots. Dry shots. shots. They're the same. They yeah. You don't like those? I like the the way the the bottoms are. That's huge for me because the the height and the grip is very important, and you right. can never get them the same. Like you can find a cool grip, but they're like eight feet tall, or you can find a little low one with a little girly grip. Did you know you could fold them? Yes, Corbin. I'm not folding them. Okay. You cannot fold them. There's one county in Oklahoma that you can fold, fold those them. and get away with it. You cannot wear those anywhere else. I'm not doing that. Where do you think I wear my mug boots around town? <laughs> no, I that's where you wear your Crocs. No, I wear slides. Get it right. Got it. Jesus. Any other way thankful for slides? This segment <laughs> is going just swimmingly well. Anyway, keep going. Keep going. I got to go to supper. Let's get right to the cow piece because we got to wrap this. What is a cow or two cows that you're extremely thankful for in your career? Current, past, whatever. I'm I'm refraining. Well, you got a female sale coming up? (laughs) (laughs) I got a female sale coming up in uh, uh, April, and I'm going to (laughs) refrain. 0231 would be be the cow that I, I just can't even imagine how how I just kind of lucked into this cow and and I've tried to screw her up. I've better some of the stupidest crap that there is out there. And it always worked out. I mean, a, a cow that you've sold 25 bulls out of would have to be on top of my list and there's more coming. That's what's crazy. And she's 13 and um, identity too. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention identity. He's, he's kind of changed my life too. So cool. David, you ready? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> oh, for hell's sakes, you're yeah. 12 months away from your next first sale. You, you know that I'm constantly <laughs> marketing, but a, a cow for my past is a, the Blackbird 558H. I mean, that that monumental cow in the breed, 
the current cow now, I'm I'm going to go with with what's hot right now, and that's the uh, Rita 9093 who just produced our top selling bull, uh, four year old cow. But I'm going to tell you what that she's dang close to my ideal. And then the the sire, the sire is going to be easy. Um, Atlantis has been the most impactful sire that I've used throughout my career, and we're fortunate enough to own the bull. Oh, Vince, you got to answer it at least a little bit. Just send me the damn bull that you sent the progeny report on. Yeah, no oh, kidding. People are so sick of me saying that. Um, I would say for a cow that I happen to be involved with, me, not old Shady Brook, would probably be Beauty 5056. That cow, I mean, I'm still got daughters that are killing it out of her. And probably didn't even know it at the time that she was going to be as impactful to me, I guess, as she was or she is. And I mean, you know, I got to say 004, but that's a kind of a cop out. No, that's that's not a a cop out. That that, that is the sire that's synonymous with Shady Brook. Yeah, I would say I'm going to pick all the same stuff that people get sick of me saying, but it's just true. I mean, the cow, if I only had to pick one, though, I'd probably pick 8616 over her mother. If I picked a couple, I'd pick 6071. 8616 has one blemish, and you guys know it. It's a pedigree blemish. It's just one that maybe turns people wrong, but a cow that, like Corbin said. Does it help you focus? No, there ain't no focus there. (laughs) There's none of that. No, no. <laughs> it's just I've never been able to breed her to something that didn't work. I mean, never, never. Anything, everything works with her, and I'm excited. After we log off here, I'm going to go breed a daughter of hers. It's a stellar and looks exactly like the rainfalls, the cozy. They all look the same. It doesn't matter what I use. So that cow is super impactful. Sixty seventy one is super impactful. We had a cow ninety three oh four who was a maternal sister to Wolf CXT sixty one oh six. And we still have lineage out of her. And I mean, that cow was the same way. Dominating matings, you could, she'd stamp them. Yeah. If you're going to ask the sire, I'm not telling you. What's her number? 9304. Oh, okay. Yeah. She's born in 1999. What's the sire? 184B. Yeah. Uh, Russ. Russ. Oh, yeah. We called her the vacuum. It didn't matter what you bred her to. She'd suck IMF right out of them, but they were good cattle. And there's about three of us <laughs> in the whole audience that know who in the hell Russ is. I remember. Yeah. Oh. No, that cow was incredible, man. She was she was such a good cow. She was a Russ C one sixteen, and and uh, we sold a bull a few years ago named Rubicon, super stout, super powerful, and that's exactly what they all look like out of ninety three or four. So, and a, and a bull that that one's easy, guys. It's either uh, it, it'd be torque, it'd be torque yeah. for sure. Has to be torque. Has to be. I'm thankful for a lot of things, though. I'm thankful for you guys. I'm thankful for this podcast. I'm thankful for the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of downloads that we get on this thing that are just unbelievable. Um, being one of the top beef breed, beef breed agnostic podcasts is just incredible. Um, I'm thankful for the Angus cow too. Hopefully, she allows me to put my kids through college and allows me to retire. I know she does that for. A lot of people, and, and I think it's a good story. So, yeah, well stated. I think we've talked about a lot on this potpourri episode, but David, you guys, or Corbin Bench, you guys got something to add? Yeah, I do. So, and of course, we're coming off of a, a great sale, but seriously, when I when I said you're only as good as your network, I'm thankful that 
producer, Shauna, had this vision. And she put a gun to my head and said, you're going to do this. You're going to share your experiences with people. Because this podcast has, it has changed my life and changed it for the positive because it's allowed me to further build my network. Joe, Corbin, and Vince, you know, I, I considered all of you guys associates, uh, friends, if you will, before, but but no, this has brought you guys to a whole nother level in my mind. And and just the seriously, the daily. I mean, we're daily now. The calls, the texts, the emails from people who listen to this podcast. And some of them I, I am really building strong relationships with. So I'm I'm thankful. I'm thankful that uh, this podcast has proven to be a great vehicle for us and others. Others. You know, I, I talk to people Absolutely. Who, who make uh, friendships or associations with other listeners because they have this one common thread in their life that they listen to the Angus Underground. That is so cool to me. We saw it right here at our sale. I mean, folks, well, we should probably we should probably get a little mushy, though, and, and say that we need to be thankful for producer Shauna, because uh, have you guys ever heard the term knowing how to cook, but not like food? Um, I had a guy tell me that one time when I asked about an Angus program, I said, man, they've got nice cattle. Why can't they get things in order? And the guy told me, he said, they just don't know how to cook. The yep. lunch is off. The venue's off. The cattle don't look exactly right. The data is not exactly right. And we see a lot of podcasts come and go, not just Angus podcast, beef podcast, but podcasts in general. And it's where they don't cook. Shauna's the cook that keeps us all kind of together. The marketing piece Shauna, she does. A master chef. It's the one that makes us who we are. So I'm definitely Absolutely. thankful for her. 100%. Agreed. Absolutely. Vince? I would say um, I'm super thankful for you guys. I mean, you guys are like extended family. I talk to you guys more than I talk to a lot of my family. <laughs> That's what Nate said. And all the listeners. Yeah. <laughs> he will say that. And all the listeners, I mean, not not necessarily all the listeners, but um the the network that I've built, you know, they're they just happen to be listeners. I mean, they're they're friends and and they're it's just this whole cattle thing, like you said, it's more about the people than the cattle for me too. Um, because there's a lot of good fight. Just, you know, I and I there's a lot of good folks that I actually ran into at the sale this weekend that I haven't, you know, I've talked to on the phone numerous times and never met them face to face. So I, I'm very thankful for, for the relationships and this podcast allows us to do that as well. Yeah. I, I thought you were going to give a shout out to Randall there. What's up, Randall? <laughs> <laughs> I will give a shout out to Graham oh, Cracker. Girl. You know who you are. <laughs> Corbin's crack. thankful for drywallers in East Oklahoma. Uh, so um, so this will be the end of our mushy crap. We're not being positive after I get done talking. We're going back you know, to the next episode. We're going to be yeah. so negative. It's going to it's going to peel the paint off the wall. <laughs> we got to we got to overdo the negativity. So, yeah, I just pretty much going to reiterate, reiterate everyone else's sentiments. But I'm just thankful that um David and Shauna took a chance on me two years ago. If if I had no idea that I that we would all be still sitting here, but uh, 
Um, David and Shauna had a vision. Had a, I don't even is this what you envisioned, David? Or, or no, is this, this is way. I thought we'd do it three times and get sick of it. Yeah, nobody would care. So what's really funny is I'm thankful that we don't have to record each episode four times now. <laughs> yeah, so that's, those, those first few. Producer Shauna is thankful that we don't need the premium edit anymore. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, I, I, it is unbelievable. Like I, that first episode, how many? We, I, pretty sure we recorded it four times, and it's yeah, still so. And it's still sucked. <laughs> <laughs> got to get through them. Just got to get through them. That that was the one where Joe mentioned a bull that he refuses to mention anymore. That changed his life. <laughs> <laughs> He's not doing it. I won't take the bait. He has glasses now for that. Uh, <laughs> I did not have glasses back then. Oh, you have glasses yeah, now, for glasses that. now. All right. I'm going to go eat some supper. Yes. And happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Thankful for our listeners, too. Joe, what do we say? Keep it underground. Amen. See ya. This episode of Angus Underground was brought to you in part by Montana Ranch, the source for balanced trait Angus, which are different by design. If you love this episode, head over to where you listen to podcasts to subscribe, rate, and review. Also, check us out on social media where you can interact with us and to suggest subjects that you'd like us to cover on upcoming episodes.